1: And subscribe to the podcast. Welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are going through a bunch of different anxiety techniques. Uh, We've done a lot. We've been talking about this for several episodes, which is great because this is fabulously useful for just about anything. Um, It's a great way to just be more grounded and centered in your life. And more present, it's a great way to help with stress reduction uh, as well as anxiety, uh, panic attacks, and all of those different things. So we have done a lot of work already on uh, generally talking about it. We've done some uh top-down approaches, uh processing from the the mental side of it, working yourself out of the different stuck spaces that you're in. We've done some bottom-up approaches, which is focusing on what's going on in your body and relaxing the body with uh, all kinds of techniques. Really, really useful. And we've got some additional things that we've come up with as well to talk about. So this might be one or two episodes in and of itself, but there's just a lot of really good information that can be useful for... For anxiety and grounding and all of that.
0: Yeah, and it's there's no question, most people coming in today struggle with anxiety. Maybe all, mm-hmm. I would say. Even if they're presenting with a different issue, anxiety plays a role. You know, right. Ruminating thoughts or negative self-talk or um, they're in a state of fear or mm-hmm. insecurity a lot more than they realize. It just, this is good stuff. And so we are very intentionally... I want to be yes. clear.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: very intentionally focusing this much on anxiety. I mean, I would love to have this as a resource right. for lots of future clients or family or friends and say, hey, you know what? If you're looking for help with anxiety, there's you know three or four or five episodes we did in a row. Um, even though during these episodes, you've got to wait two weeks because that's when they come <laughs> out. Once they're out, they're out, which right. is really cool. Hopefully you don't so get you too much anxiety in between. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yes, they're there's just, just so many resources yeah. and so many really critical things that help us live our best life, right? Yeah. Like even if you don't feel like you're a super anxious person, right? I've, I've never felt like I've struggled with anxiety um, in my life and I use a good chunk of these. Yeah. Um, because they're just helpful, helpful tools to live a more grounded, centered, uh, present life.
0: Right. Okay. So with that in mind, in addition to everything we've already talked about, here are some additional techniques that are also helpful enough, important enough that we want to cover them. And the first is um, heighten awareness of your emotions by identifying what you're feeling. So this is a common one. You've probably maybe heard the phrase, name it to tame it. So we teach people and children to say what they feel and that automatically gives power and control. And so if you're angry, say I'm feeling angry or I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling Mm -hmm. frustrated. So to heighten your awareness of what you're feeling is an important technique. Um,
1: and you, what it's doing when you do that is it's pulling your brain out of your middle brain, your amygdala, like all these spaces where we get that heightened emotion or that distress that comes up. And it pulls you into your prefrontal cortex where um, you can process and think a little bit more. So you're pulling yourself back into that space.
0: Yeah. And, and the idea is these are just your feelings or emotions. They're not you. Mm-hmm. Sort of if somebody were to come in here and say, hi, I'm so-and-so, I'm depressed. Right. It's like, well, you're so-and-so. You may be feeling Feeling depression, depression. but to identify as depression wouldn't be accurate. And that's what we're trying to do. You're not your feelings and emotions. These are things you experience, uh, but they're not you. And so if you can recognize that how you're feeling, um, whatever you're feeling is there, acknowledge it and understand that you're more than just that feeling. It helps Mm a lot to be able to then let it go. But if you identify as that's what I am kind of feels like you can't let it go. Like maybe you're powerless over it. You're stuck. Right. It's, it's who I am. It's a part of my identity now. When really, feelings come and go a lot and we experience a lot. And so yeah. that's the separation that we're trying to achieve. I'm more than my feelings. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm feeling now. But guess what? In short order, it could be entirely different. In fact, yes. just this morning, my daughter, we were getting ready for church and she came in and I don't know what she was sad about, but she was. And, you know, my wife is talking to her and she just kind of, I think she was sniffling. Maybe she had been crying. And I said, okay, do something with me. Um, Name some things that you're feeling. And kids get this. Like, they don't have to have a huge, you know, emotion word vocabulary, but they can identify sad. They can identify angry. Hopefully we're helping them to do that. Yeah. and to help her to shift out of it, I then asked her to name things that she was thankful for. And this is going to kind of the top-down approach, as we've talked about. Right, right. And after every one, I'd say, what else? And so she had to, like, really think about it because she's like, well, this. She wanted to keep it short. And I'm like, okay, great. Well, what else?
1: Mm-hmm. And we're just
0: getting ready for And this was like a 10-minute process. By the time we were done, she was feeling great. And it was yeah. fine because she'd shifted. But identifying those emotions helps you to let them go. It really does. There's power in it.
1: hmm Yeah. It's a separate separate than you and being aware of them. And sometimes, like David's saying, you don't need to have the most nuanced whatever. But sometimes that's also helpful mm-hmm. um, to look at an emotion wheel or something yeah. like that and go, oh, interesting. Like, I'm not just angry. I'm irritated or yeah. you know when you have that nuance it can give you more information and um and it kind of puts it out there in front of you where you can look at it rather than having it absorbed inside of you yep so and, and again we're also not saying that emotions are like oh we just need to get rid of them and then our life is <laughs> fine right? right um you may find that again, this is like, okay, let's get out of the really, really heightened space so that we can be a little bit more aware. And then you may find, oh, interesting. My emotion was telling me something important, Uh right? Like, oh, I need a better boundary here. Oh, I need to take more time for myself because I'm doing too much or whatever. But when we're in that super heightened space, it's oftentimes a real challenge to identify that until we've calmed down.
0: Yeah. And if we don't separate, it's a lot harder to hear what it is the emotion might have to say or to teach, right? Yes, yes. So separating those out is a good one.
1: Okay. Next one is that feelings are fluid. So noticing and focusing on um, how our feelings change and journaling. I think this is, oh, I love journaling. I think it's so important, but like writing down, thinking about, okay, so I'm feeling this way, but how am I going to feel when I'm better? How am yep. I going to feel after I'm anxious or stressed or whatever, or after this event happens after I get up and give that big speech or something like that. And then what are those feelings going to be?
0: And and expecting that they will change, like having yeah. confidence that it'll shift and yes. the speech is a good example yeah. Because I think we've all had some presentation where we're really nervous at the start. Imagine if we could just be reminding ourselves, this is temporary, these feelings will change. Because inevitably, at some point during that speech or presentation or talk or whatever, you kind of start to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it's like the nervous is replaced with sort of like, this is enjoyable and people are engaged and I can tell, you know... Um, they're enjoying well. this. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So.
1: Or even if that's not the case and it's not until after. Yeah. Or after. Right? Uh-huh. There's, there's going to be this space of time where you're fine. Like it's, you know, not just fine. Right. Cause that's the like catch all word. <laughs> right. But you might feel relieved or happy or excited to be doing something else. Or, you know, there's all of these emotions. So being able to kind of think through that, like, how's it going to be after and then even writing those down, um, then you can, you can start to notice, oh, this is a fluid thing. These feelings move and they change. This isn't forever. It's This is just a temporary thing. Um, and that can help you actually let go of what's going on more quickly. And, and even imagining that change happening now or earlier, right, can start to shift that um, more quickly. Yep. Breathing again. Breathe through the changes that you're imagining happening, right? Um, Always important.
0: Breathing hopefully is a part of all of these throughout all of these. (laughs) Not just, well, you know, you breathe to be alive, but.
1: Right. But mindful breathing.
0: Mindful breathing, yep. 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 So an, another thing that the literature talks about is acting normal. And this may sound like, well, duh, you know, if you just act <laughs> normal when you're feeling anxious, but doing little things to cue in, in your mind and in your body normal acting. Um, and so it's funny, you know, it talks about chew it over. Chew it over literally where your body, if you have a piece of gum Mm -hmm. and you're salivating or even imagine chewing gum can cause this change to take place. And so it's interesting, but you're acting in a way that you wouldn't during a real emergency. So you're, Mm -hmm. you're breathing deeply, you're talking softly and calmly, you're smiling, you know, those sorts of things that you imagine if there was a real emergency and you had, Um, like a caretaker or a caregiver, or let's say after an accident, you know, an EMT or someone, and they're just calm and steady and talking, and it has a very calming effect. So you're sort of doing this for yourself, where even though you're feeling anxious, you're saying, I'm going to treat this normally, just to see if I can take my body out of this stress response cycle, which we've talked about. So the sympathetic nervous system, right? Right. Fight or flight, something's wrong, and we're trying to come back into the parasympathetic or rest, relaxation, you're okay. And sometimes it can be as simple as acting normally in these yeah. stressful, anxious situations.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the next one is don't listen.
0: <laughs> Which don't listen to what?
1: Sounds kind of funny. But sometimes we get in this pattern of... um Of anxiety, right? Right. And it can kind of become this natural way of, of doing life or when certain circumstances happen, then we just get in this natural habit of, of worrying or feeling anxious. And, uh, and it can also be a manifestation, just emotional manifestation of physical tension as well. So what we can do, especially if you have that little bit more anxiety, type of, um, personality or an anxiety prone brain, right? You can end up feeling anxious a lot just, just because, right. Right. Just because it's a pattern. So being able to kind of, if that, if that's you and that's an experience that you have, just being able to tell yourself, Hey, my anxious brain is just firing inaccurately, right? It's just this habit that's come up. And now I have this all the time, so I'm not actually able noticing when something is really going on or when something is not going on. Right. So it's just firing incorrectly. That's okay. Um, this isn't what this. It feels like it really is, and that can kind of be a cue to um, start that relaxation process, and then combining that again, of course, with relaxation breathing, um, noticing the tension in your body, and letting go of that. Um, It can kind of help you in that space if you're just kind of have that low grade worry a lot. Or even when it gets a little higher, you can go, okay, well, hang on. Let's just kind of come back to this space. And like, it's probably firing inaccurately because I always do this when this happens and this and nothing, it ends up being fine. Right. You can kind of walk yourself through that space.
0: Yep. Yep. So anger, anger is another one where you know and don't show anger. So a lot of anxiety is associated with anger, kind of like you're angry, but you don't know it, but you're feeling things. And so one thing Mm -hmm. is to try to decrease your sense of tension and stress um, and becoming more aware of your anger so that it can be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing we talk a lot about in therapy is anger is a secondary emotion. It's an umbrella. Right. It's an umbrella because it covers other things. Usually it covers hurt and sad. Yeah. And so knowing you're angry doesn't require you to show that you're angry, which is yes. not everybody <laughs> maybe has personal experience with that. So it's like, can I be angry and not show that I'm angry really? And I'd be sitting here and feeling some strong things, but it's not showing up that way. Yes. And so one idea is when you have anxiety, sit down, write as many answers as possible to this question, if I were angry, what might I be angry about? And keep it simple, like single words, brief phrases, and see what comes up. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's a helpful tool and we want to do this anyway because if you can identify what's underneath the anger, yeah. you're better able to meet whatever need is underneath. So if I'm sad or I'm hurting, maybe what I need is uh, reassurance. Maybe what I need is to feel like um, I'm appreciated yeah. or I'm recognized, or somebody's thinking about me, or mm-hmm. something like that. So this is kind of what we've talked about before. These feelings have something to tell us, and we need to listen as much as we can.
1: Yeah. All right, the last one we're going to talk about today is have some fun. Oh, uh, this is the first one you're like,
0: okay, yeah, okay. Okay, I
1: can do this one. Like, <laughs> if I have to pick one. <laughs> yeah, I
0: like this one.
1: <laughs> so have a little fun. Uh, maybe act on impulse. Um, that's, it's a really good thing to kind of shift what's going on right away. Right. If you're going to do something silly or impulsive or something like that, you can do that right away and that can really help. Um, laughing is a really, really wonderful way to shift up. Again, it shifts the chemicals in our brain, you know, yeah. looking up some, laughing's
0: a big deal, some funny memes, doing Mm -hmm.
1: something silly, you know, spending time with your kids, um, or with friends, um, learning how to, learning how to relax, be impulsive, have fun is, is a really big one. Uh, even just doing something, you know, silly. I'll Mm -hmm. do that a lot with my kids where I'll just make a funny face or a funny noise or just something like that. And it really can break the ice, break Mm -hmm. the tension that breaks the um, cycle,
0: right? Yeah. And we, and we talk, to couples about doing this, if they're in the same old cycle of maybe arguing or fighting, we say, do something completely impulsive. Yeah. Uh, Do something different. Um, Break the cycle.
1: Yep. Yeah. Run
0: out of the house. All of a sudden, Uh, (laughs) mid-sentence.
1: Yes. Just do something very silly (laughs) that you're not expecting. Yep. You know, this is, this is great. I, you know, we can absolutely do this as adults. Um, Kids, it's super, super helpful too. Right. Yeah. Just, you know, if my kids, a lot of times if my kids are, are anxious about something or they're getting upset about something and they're like mom you know and they'll say something and I'll and I'll respond with the information that they need in the same tone so <laughs> oh yeah it's really really hard right now i can see how you're feeling really stressed you know or just something like that and then they're like, what That's you know a good one, and yeah. it just it kind of breaks it up and they like laugh about it or you know just something like that so just being silly and impulsive can really, really help. Um, Mm -hmm. I had, I had a couple uh, recently that actually did this completely on their own. They were, had been working and trying to do empathy skills and different things and they get heightened so fast. And so one day they just, they had taken one of their breaks, right. That we do during empathy skills when we need to, and they were coming back together and they were like, you know, we, we just need to like we need to laugh or do something like that before we start up again. And so they just looked up a bunch of funny memes on their phone. Oh yeah. I was like, that's awesome. Yep. Way to go. Good job. So just, yeah. Fun, silly little, yeah. Run out of the house jump up and down like an ape. I don't know. Just like things. You,
0: you say, <laughs> okay, you can keep talking
1: the yeah. way you're
0: talking and in the tone you're talking, just both of you have to start doing jumping jacks while you're talking.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> it's
0: like, okay, or, that's going to be really yeah,
1: old. or push up your nose like a pig and <laughs> or just something, uh-huh. you know, where you just kind of do something unexpected and yeah. it kind of helps to break break things up a little bit and yep. reduce... Reduce anxiety. Yep. Right.
0: So these are some additional techniques. We're going to finish this off. We've got more. We've got more. (laughs) I know. This is a lot. But look, you have no excuse after going through these (laughs) last four or five (laughs) podcast episodes. If you're like, I'm struggling with anxiety. It's like, boy, did we give you how many different (laughs) ideas and ways to manage. So at least... Whether or not you do any of it, you can become an expert on anxiety. Yes, an
1: expert on options, which is so great because, again, this isn't just for anxiety. Yeah. It's not just for panic attacks. Like We're looking at stress. We're looking at grounding. We're looking at like being more present parents and spouses. And this is, I mean, it doesn't matter what job you have you're going to be encountering people with anxiety or there's going to yeah. be situations about it that are stressful, yep. right? So And a lot of people aren't going to know anything, Yeah.
0: And you do. So give them some ideas.
1: Yeah. So it's good it's good for everybody to have if if everybody knew all of this stuff.
0: Yeah. Seriously. It
1: would, you know, the world would be a, probably a better place. Yep. All right. See you Thanks next for time. joining us. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.